Have you ever wondered if you're too old for a show or worried that a show is too young for you or better yet, have you ever been enjoying a show that was uh, below your age bracket or whatever, but then kind of felt like maybe it went a little beyond and it wasn't quite the thing for you anymore? Well, that's kind of how I'm feeling or I don't know, I'm just wondering about that because I'm having misgivings uh about the thing I'm watching right now. This is MJ, I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider Zero One, episode 15. Anyway, I'm going to get back to that stuff in a bit, but right now I want to talk about all the new things. So, first big new thing is that Hirobi uh, decides to sacrifice himself, or rather he follows the will of the Ark and sacrifices himself in order to aid in the awakening of Jin, who he's raised as his son so that he could awaken and be filled with hate and that hate would help him to uh, complete Metsubo Jinrai or really the Ark's will of destroying humanity from the Earth because uh, the concern is that humanity will destroy all life on the Earth and the Ark, being a preserver of the rest of life on Earth, uh, does not want to allow that to happen. So... That's pretty interesting. Fool finally pushes himself to the edge and almost dies from uh, his defeat of Hirobi. He was trying to hit Jin, but then Jin, uh, Hirobi jumped in front of him and took the rider kick. And uh, then it really messed Fua up. Um, then uh, it was interesting. Uh, Izu had just been learning the value of family and to appreciate um, Subaru's brother, whose actual name I can't remember, but who uh, is called Ikazuchi. And this is interesting, uh, Jin, uh, Jin was burying, um, the Dodo, well, he was burying the Dodo, um, memory, <laughs> whatever it's called, progress key, uh, as a process of mourning, or in the process of mourning, and Hirobi tells him not to do that, and not to be, like, human, um, you know, because humans mourn their dead, and, uh, have ways of honoring them, which reminds me, they had been visiting the Hedon family grave when Izu join or is about to join, um, Aruto in paying respects to, I can't remember how they subtitled it, um, but basically praying at the shrine of Grandpa Hedon, uh, as a part of the, you know, ritualistic, um, you know, mourning process that's, you know, baked into the culture of Japanese society at this point, um, and it's very interesting. She was mourning for uh, Grandpa Heaton, and, uh, or the former president who she had served, um, or expressing mourning. You know, she was engaging in this process. Um, Jin had tried to do the same. Hirobi told Jin not to do the thing. Hirobi is distraught over uh, Jin's dead body, or certainly he's dying, he's not dead. And he attacks Izu because she smiles at that. And he asks, hey, if you're a Humagear, why are you smiling at the fact that this guy was hurt and is dying? And it's just, that's all very messy. I don't think it's messy from a narrative standpoint. I think it's messy from a standpoint of nuance and like wanting to show this to uh, the viewers, the kids. And I, I like it. I think it's interesting. There's another interesting contrast that while uh, Aruto takes Izu back to his office where there's the lab um and Subaru is there the other astronaut brother uh they put her into the uh the Zaya instant bake oven thing and uh have it try to fix her um which is cool 
uh, and we just saw that uh, the Mitsubo Jinrai guys have a 3D printer in the last episode, so uh, Jin wants to take Hirobi to do that uh, as well to fix him, and Hirobi says, no, let me die so that your hate can grow, you can reach singularity, and then you'll be able to fill out my mission, fulfill my mission of killing all the humans, you know, per the will of the Ark. And it kind of made me think of religious extremism, and, uh, like, you know, oh, if it's the will of God, we'll, you know, do this, and we'll die trying to fight for freedom for our people and whatnot, and, uh, it's just kind of interesting. Um, my opinions on foreign policy are a little more complicated than that, and how you might deal with those sorts of things, so I'm not going to go into that right now, uh, otherwise it would be boring. I have a bunch of stuff to say about Giver and, uh, this new, uh, suit, uh, so I think I'll stop and talk about that now. But to finish my point, it's interesting that you have these, you know, opposite actions. Uh, Aruto is trying to preserve life because he, you know, loves Izu and all the uh, Humagiru's family, uh, whereas uh, Harobi wants to die so that Jin can be so angry and so hurt and so warped and twisted that he reaches this level. He passes, he goes over this threshold and then deals death to all of humanity for the sake of preserving all the other life on Earth. Just kind of interesting dynamic. So if you're old like me, you've probably seen the ADV dub of uh, Giver, 12 episodes. Um, I've never seen Giver Out of Control, but I've seen the 12-episode main series or whatever. Uh, or uh, maybe you've seen the Giver movies out of a curiosity, or again, because you're old. Uh, but the scene where uh, Aruto is able to use Assault Hopper or, or get it activated reminds me very much of stuff that happens in the Giver anime that was done by not ADV Section 24, Section 26, whatever that company ended up being. Oh no, I was thinking I was thinking of the wrong companies. That was the ADV one. The other one was done by uh, the people with the cross manga something. Anyway, with Flaming Cross, they released nin the original Ninja Scroll and stuff. They were like OG anime distributor uh, in the U.S. and I cannot think of their name. Anyway, um, in the newer, the 2000s uh, Giver, you get to see stuff, and it pulls more directly from the manga, uh, but you see a lot of stuff where giant upgrades or whatever to the Giver suit are uh, floating above uh, show uh, Fukumaki, or Fukumachi? Yeah, Sho Fukumachi, uh, when he's in his Giver 1 form, or which, it's really the only, like, forms aren't a thing in Giver, except for they kind of are, because there's the gigantic Giver, uh, which I guess is what I'm really thinking about, it, like, floats above him in this pod, and then it opens itself, and then it attaches to him, and it feels very reminiscent of what was going on here, and it also felt kind of foreboding and ominous, and Giver, uh, gets more into, like, these scenes of, like, all-out war and, you know, mayhem, bloodshed, that kind of thing, and a lot of destruction to property, Whereas, uh, they, I mean, they do and do not do that in, uh, Kamen Rider and Tokusatsu and Ultraman to a lesser extent, because I have less experience with it, therefore I know less. Uh, but anyway, um, the scene where he comes and he transforms after he gets the mammoth and it clears the way of all the other stuff, uh, of, he kills a bunch of Humagear, or Magear at this point, well, a corrupted Humagear, I'll say, and, uh, he destroys the Geigers, um, he destroys the Geigers. Interesting. I I don't know if I mentioned already, but I think felt like the Geigers were maybe like a gigantic Geiger. Um, probably more Gundam, though, uh, like reference. But anyway. Um, but So he destroys those, and uh, then he has this speech here. He gives this little speech that he says to Jin, like, what do you think you're doing? And that's when Jin reveals that, you know, the Ark is causing them to protect the Earth, or they want to protect the animals on the Earth uh, by destroying all the humans, basically. 
nature and earth will, or nature and the animals will be protected by humanity being slain or sacrificed, basically. And Mitzvah and Jinrai are the ones who are going to do it. And then I guess human gears would live in harmony with the animals after that fact. And uh, Arto says to him something like, what do you think human gears are? What are human gears to you? Because they're, and Arto doesn't say this, but basically human gears are humans to me. Probably because his father was a human gear. Da -da 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 -da. Um, or, you know, in part because of that. And, uh, Jin says human gears are my friends. And Aruto does this great job of detailing all the human gear that he has hurt. Uh, he says like warped and broken or warped and twisted, um, you know, to serve Metsubo Jinrai and all those who they've, uh, you know, hurt and then have ultimately gotten killed, uh, as part of the process of, you know, humanity's extinction, uh, to protect everything else. This plot line reminds me very much of, and I think Arto is totally right, but what Metsubo Jinrai is trying to do reminds me very much of Mobile Fighter G Gundam where, um, you know, uh, a main villain in that show wanted to do the same thing to protect humanity from the earth. And the answer from the hero is basically like, humans are part of the earth though. You can't really have one without the other. And I think it's a very interesting point, but, uh, the odd thing to me and, and the problem that I'm having with this show right now is that that's all a sham. Like Arto's heart is in the right place. And, uh, Metsubo Jinrai presents like a interesting, valid, thought-provoking uh, quandary, but like ultimately it's false. But really, ultimately, it really is false because uh, I want to mention this, the Zaya guy, when he showed up and he's like, oh, everything's going 100%. Like, no, it's going 1000%. I was going to say, hey, this guy's, uh, I'm going to call this guy Mr. 1000 because I don't know what else to call him at this point because I, I for had forgotten that his name is uh, Amatsu, Amatsu, whatever it is. Anyway, Amatsu guy. Anyway, uh, I've seen scans. I'm just gonna say, him talking about how things were 99, 999% complete this episode. Uh, I'm just calling it. He's gonna know somebody very well. Maybe he'll have a personal bodyguard who's gonna wear a suit, a special type of suit, and he's gonna be called Mr. 1000 as well. I'm just saying it. I I know the scans are out there. It's probably already been revealed that that's exactly who the guy is. But like, I just got that sense right away. And I think it's a little trite, but I also think it's funny and, and kind of cute uh, that he has this tick um, where he'll say that. But anyway, uh, the episode, next episode preview and like the body of this episode also basically are telling me that the whole thing, the war between Metsubo Jinrai and Ames and like humanity and whatnot uh, has all been a front, has all been a fake. And either that's really sophisticated storytelling or it's just a lie and I'm tired of it. And as a younger person, I had thought about writing stuff uh, that was like, oh yeah, and like everybody dies at the end and it'll be cool because everybody dies. And I just kind of feel like this is approaching that. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and look, I'm going to pause right now. I'm going to look up who the writer is. And this is going to be a little bit of an extra long episode because I just need to know certain things before I say any more. So I just got back. The writer of this episode is Yuya Takahashi. I wanted to bring up another point because in looking up the next episode, uh, or this episode and the next episode, uh, although I didn't look at who wrote the next one, but I'm sure it's Takahashi. Anyway, I'll look that up before I do my review next week. Anyway, uh, the thing with Zaya is that he apparently wants to prove to the world that common riders are these amazing weapons. And I'm guessing that the Metsubo Jinrai thing 
Uh, maybe he really did need them to revive the Ark in order for him to accomplish something or, or gain access to some superior grade of weapon, something like that. I mean, because Assault Hopper and Assault Wolf, uh, both they use both satellites, Zaya and Ark, to uh, activate, I believe. That's correct. Anyway, maybe uh, he needed that to be brought online and use Metsubojin Rai to create a force who could, one, revive the Ark uh, in order to unlock this greater level of power, and two... Um, uh, be a enemy for the common writers, the weapons that are common writers to destroy in order to um, prove their usefulness so that he can sell them or whatever. Uh, which is fine. I get weapons manufacturing. I mean, we did it in common writer build just a couple of years ago, right after you did XA, dude. So like, I don't know why you're coming back to this or whatever, but uh, it, it's a little frustrating. And like, I'm totally up against like critiques of the military industrial complex and, um, Stuff like that, but, uh, I just, and I, I'm fine with it being in a children's television show because I'm like super radical about certain things and I share it with my kids, um, you know, cause it's the will of the Ark, And, uh, I just, I don't know, man, like this sham war, uh, like if Fuwa dies at one point, I mean, the, the show's doing a really good job of making the things scary, making the stakes high. Like I thought Fuwa was going to die, maybe. And then I thought, you know what? Are they going to save Fuwa's life by sacrificing uh, Yaiba? Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, just calm down, just watch. And then it didn't happen, which is good. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's really interesting. I don't know if the show is skewing too old or if I'm too old and I'm tired of like all the real wars that are going on <laughs> in the real world. Cause especially, you know, my United States empire, uh, which, you know, shouldn't be an empire. It has its, you know, swords and guns all over the world helping murder people, um, like the war in Yemen that's uh, being done by the Saudis, then the U.S. is helping them, even though the Saudis, 19 of them, or like 17 out of 19, were responsible for the 9-11 uh, attacks, like, I, I, anyway, uh, I can go on about that, if you want to ask me about it in the comments, go ahead, but let me ask you, are you getting tired of the show, how do you feel it's going for you like the forms and stuff like they're exciting they're cool whatever the suits yeah they're great and you know we can talk about that you can tell me which one's your favorite or not uh i happen to like this assault uh, hopper a lot it's really cool the axe <laughs> the battle axe with the grasshopper it's hilarious anyway um but like let me know is the show becoming like tiring for you do you like this like double deception uh is it interesting storytelling with like a, a twist built in or is it just kind of lame does it just kind of fall flat for you let me know uh what you think please Anyway, I need to get out of here. MJ Loves Toku can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check out mjmunios.com for more, uh, for my other review series, like another writer cast, King of Hearts, Queen of Sorrows, which is where I talk about G Gundam, so if you want to hear me talk about that, it's there. Uh, and then there's Going Ultra and um, Swinging Through Comics, as well as my uh, writing projects. If you love what I do and want to support me, uh, my coffee and Redbubble accounts have you covered. Relevant links below. If you had a good time, like, share, and leave a comment. Subscribe and ring that bell to stay current on my weekly Zero One reviews. And remember, you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero.